It's episode four of the Ultra Low ISO Club, a weekly podcast with hosts Edward Conde, Jason Konopinski, and Michael Bartosik. We spend an hour each week chatting with members of the Ultra Low ISO Club Facebook group. Our guest today is Betsy Carl. Betsy chats with us about her amazing camera collection, The Jersey Devil, and unexpectedly falling in love with film after picking up a film camera to slow down and get back to the basics. She shares her passion for horse show and sports photography, experiences with Kodak 2238 and color filtration tests, and upcoming plans to shoot Slobart, aka Kodak 2254 for high school football. So please, sit back and listen in for Betsy's infectious excitement for home film developing and the perfect moment when Ed tries to coax her into hooking up the ULIC team with some Leica R8s so we can hang with Mike Gutterman of the Negative Positives Podcast. This week, we jump right into the conversation with Betsy and meander over a bunch of additional topics, including the Blizzard of 93, hybrid stand development using a combination of Rodinol and C41 chemistry for expired color films, our personal approaches to editing and photography versus digital art. We include some pre-show chatter at the end of the podcast, a brief review of the upcoming 2468 project, and a mini announcement of Mike's upcoming trip to New York City, September 28th to October 1st. If there's any listeners in the area, let's meet up, shoot some slow film, and talk shop. Oh, and at some point, an ice cream truck rolls through. You've been warned. Without further ado, welcome, Betsy Carl. So, yeah, I guess if if you would like to just introduce yourself to, um, you know, the other members of this group, and um, which would be the, I guess, the Ultra Low ISO Club group on Facebook, let them know who you are, where you're at, and just, de- you know, sort of the background details of your life. Um, as, as much as you want to share, just trying to create that sort of biography profile and then how you think that stuff, that information adds to your photography or affects your photography or is related to it, if it is at all. Um, okay. Uh, I'm Betsy Carl. Um, I'm old. I'm 54. Um, I live in southern New Jersey. Uh, married, two kids, two dogs, a horse, and a couple of bunnies. Uh, the horse is boarded out. I live in uh, land of the Jersey Devil. So if anyone wants to go hunt the Jersey Devil, you can come to my house because I'm four houses off of Wharton State Forest. Um, oh, are you 609 or 856? I'm 856. There we go. But I am only... Two miles through the woods to 609. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> mm-hmm. 856 represent. Um, I live uh, right outside of Hamilton, which is um, blueberry capital of the world. So when you get your blueberries in the summer on the East Coast, they're coming from my hood. As far as photography... I shot a little bit um, in my teens. My dad was a Nikon person, so I'm a Nikon person. I still have the knicker mat he gave me. Um, I recently had that CLA and it's beautifully. Um, 
Michael, it, it, you're not allowed to yell about this, Michael, because I know how you feel it, whenever <laughs> someone says they shoot film to slow down. Oh, I no. Started, no, no. I started shooting film because my, my kids now are 25 and 17. Um, we horse showed, you know, when my daughter was in school, was in elementary school through the end of our high school years. And horse show photographers, you're looking at $50 for a five by seven. So wow. I went and I bought my, my first digital camera. Actually, what I did is I gave my father money and I sent two old men to go and buy me my camera. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and from there, I, I, moved, uh, I moved from that camera up to another camera and then finally to my D500. Um, I love shooting sports. That's my thing. Uh, and a couple of years ago, when I started on this journey of where I bought my first Roloflex, it was because I, w I didn't know I was going to fall in love with film. I did it because I thought film had things to teach me that I was lacking in my knowledge regarding photography and in how to achieve a good exposure and a good photo. Mm. And so I kind of said, well, let me take a step back and, and let me make it really manual. Um, and I started with him and I didn't, like I said, I didn't anticipate falling in love with it. And I shot a couple rolls and I really liked it. I, I sent the rolls out and then it was really earlier this year, this, this past winter that I developed my very first role. And oh my gosh, it, it was such like a rush to pull out those negatives and to realize they weren't pitch black or, or completely clear that there were images on. And it kind of, it, it, <laughs> you know, that I, I, that's kind of a, a high for me is, is, is I, I like developing. I don't, I still don't know enough about it. But the whole, let me take the photo, let me take the to see what that photo is, let me develop that negative, let me scan that negative, and then say, whoa, check that out, not half bad. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. That's Betsy, I'm going to, I'll spoil it for you. Okay. It never gets old. Well, that's a <laughs> thing. That is a great thing. <laughs> um, I am enjoying it so much. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, both of my kids have kind have fallen in love with film to the point where my son actually believes he should be allowed to take the like at a college with him next year. Oh, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> <laughs> However, Two little Olympus, uh, an Olympus Trip 35 and an Olympus 35, I think is it RC or FP, I still have to run some film through it, have been purchased as Christmas gifts for this year for the two of them. Nice. Oh, nice. I remember yeah. when that came together for you, too, when you were yeah. investigating that. Yes. And what's really funny now is, you know, my, my husband will say, Can I, uh, I'm going to go... Happy to take pictures, and I'm like, sure. Do you want my, you know, do you want the big Nikon, meaning my D500, my digital? No, no. 
And I go through, you know, all these incantations and I finally say, do you want film? Yeah, I want a film camera. Okay, here you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, that's, uh, what do you, what do you think it is um, that got your kids and your husband into shooting film too? Um, to be really honest, um, from a digital standpoint, I try very hard to be very minimal in my post processing. Um. I kind of live by the credo, if it's going to take me more than a minute or two in Lightroom, I should just skip that image because I have failed. I'm not a Photoshopper. I don't know how to use Photoshop. And I admit I will look at some work and say that's been Photoshopped to shit. Mm -hmm. I'm a little naughty about that. I admit that. Um, film is organic. It's real. You know, who, who cares if there's grain? There's supposed to be some grain in black and white images. Um, it just has such a great look to it. It's tactile. Um, you pull the negatives out. You can hold the negatives up to the light and kind of see what you got going on. It, it, it's real versus things on a computer. How's that? That is, it, yeah, it's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's, it's hard to argue with that sort of appreciation, right? When you pull the, the negatives out of the tank and that excitement for it. I, th I mean, I, I'm sure all of us love to see that, right? Although if I'm, if I'm honest, I can't, I just can't read negatives oh, very, very well. Look, I'm happy that I look up and I see shapes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, hey, there's something there, and I don't, I don't really know until I scan it if I'm gonna. I mean, I have a little sense now, obviously after doing a bunch, but uh, yeah, I know I think there are other people who really can read the negatives like very well, and and I wish I had that skill, and I don't know what it takes to get it, but I don't have it. I just think I'm I'm not there either. <laughs> Each step of the process, is there's something fun that can take you by surprise. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, if I'm, not, if I'm not throwing it on my light table or just holding it up to the light and inverting the, the colors on my phone to get a preview scan, I, I really can't read a negative. <laughs> yeah, me either. Oh, I, like I said, I'm happy that throwing it up there and saying, look, I got shapes. Life is good. You know, yeah. Scan it yep. and it can be completely not good. But there's something fun about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just fix it in the scanner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That, you know, that's okay. But like, I guess my point is, is I'm not the person to spend two hours Yeah, I, I, you know what? As a, when I was started with digital, I did. I hated spending more than just a few minutes because, like you, if it was going to be more effort than than that, then it wasn't. Uh, um, I, I didn't want to put that effort. I was just like, okay, I'll just skip to the next one because I took two hundred images because it's digital. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's... And at some point you realize you're polishing the turd, right? Like, you know, you could polish and polish it away and it's, and it's still a lump of poo. That is accurate. Very much. Yeah, I, I, I think for me personally, it always comes down to what I'm trying to do, right? Like, um, for, for some of the model shoots and stuff I've done in the past, we definitely had some concepts in mind. And those concepts required taking multiple shots and blending multiple elements. And so you would spend four or five hours in Photoshop because really the camera was just a tool to, co- to get the elements so that they could be composited. Because there's right. no realistic way to get all that without compositing. But I, you know, I've always been that a fan of separating sort of digital art versus photography because I'm like, that's not really photography to me personally. Photography was a tool used in a much larger process, but the end result was really digital art. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's kind of splitting hairs, but it's... No, that, that's, that's not how I think of it. You're blending those multiple exposures together. It is digital art, and, it's, and when it's well done, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I, so like, I don't really know. <laughs> right, I don't know how to Photoshop, so I appreciate people who do it well, but the key is is to do it well. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and, and you know, it's interesting for me personally. You know, one of one of the photographers I stumbled on, pretty much right when I started getting into photography as a hobby and beyond just having a camera and snap shooting, right? Really as a hobby was the work of Jerry Uselman or Ulsman. I, I forget how you pronounce his last name. And right. So, and I established him as a master of photography early in my development as a photographer. And he manipulated the hell out of his images um, in the dark room and his work's phenomenal. So it, it uh, I think I've always had a weird perspective because he's one of the first photographers that I discovered. Mm. And, and, I, and for I think for a while, I almost thought of his work as more, more photography and more interesting and more creative than most of what I now totally respect as street photography and photojournalism. I'll have to get that guy. I'll have to. You'll have to send me a link so I can look at his stuff. Me too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with, well, you 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 definitely know some of Usman's work. You you for sure have seen it out, out there. Maybe just you, you don't you don't have a name to go with the images, but right. I'm sure there's a couple of his images. They're pretty iconic. You you have probably seen those for sure. Okay. Uh, and, and Betsy, um, I wanted to ask you a question to, to go back a little bit. You, you said that you live in the land of the Jersey Devil. Yes. I don't even know what that is. I want to know what the Jersey Devil Devil is. Uh, oh. Yeah, what is that? This the Jersey Devil is a, it, it, it's like a it's like South Jersey's version of. You know, like how some places have Bigfoot and down south you oh. have Mothman. Yep. 
the, mm-hmm. goes, the, the Jersey Devil goes back to uh, the late 16, early 1700s. And the legend is that Mother Leeds was having her 13th child, picture wow. having 13, and she swore that, you know, she didn't want to have it. And in the throes of labor, she screamed that it was the child of the devil. And the legend is that he was born, flew up the chimney, and haunts the Pinelands of southern New Jersey. Um, in around, I think it was 1909, there were like numerous sightings. Like it, it was kind of um, a, a fear thing that he was sighted, supposedly sighted in all of these different towns. And, you know, oh my God, on the loose. So if you live in Southern, you know, if you live in Jersey, you know about the Jersey Devil. Like uh, Jersey Devil hockey team named after the South Jersey Devil. Ah. Wow. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really interesting is one of my friends, her maiden name is Lee and goes back to that family. What's her middle name? Oh, cool. Her maiden name is Leeds. She goes oh. back to supposedly the same family from whence the devil came. Uh-oh. And every so often there's a Jersey Devil sighting and everyone gets all excited. <laughs> you know, it, like, you know, South Jersey's a little, a little creepy guy. Yeah. It's like the Chupacabra in Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I'm I'm like fascinated by this. I mean, I'm sure that I've heard the term before and just you know, didn't understand it so didn't really like think about it too hard. That's that's man. Could could uh, you, you know, put together a photo project in your area based on like random little shit everywhere related to the Jersey Jersey I, Devil? One of my create uh, photos was of um, a bar that had the devil over the entry. Oh, is, did you did you post it up to the um, to the project group? And I believe I kind of I'm going to go look for that. That's no. really cool. I did. Um, but it, it's pretty cool. And what uh, you know, if you start to like do the research and look into it, how they describe the Jersey Devil is that you know it has the face of a horse and it has wings and it has this and it has that. If you looked at if you look at it from a um, bio standpoint, at that time there were a lot of slave ships coming to the East Coast from Africa, and in Africa there is a very large bat called a horsehead. That if you look at a photo of a horsehead bat and you read the description from the 1700s of the Devil, they're one and the same. Oh, fascinating. So there's always that whole thing of did one of the, you know, did one of these bats come across on a ship and get, you know, and be spotted. Right. And then give rise to exactly like a local legend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There it is. So if you ever come to New Jersey, I'll take you Jersey Devil hunting. Hell yeah. Yeah, just tell me how it goes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> of 
like, I'm going to be there next week. I'm like, now I'm thinking might have to take a day and go hunting for the devil in Jersey while I'm over there. While shooting uh, 2238 or something else. Yeah. Something else slow. I, I, I've decided for the for the the upcoming New York trip is going to be all twenty two thirty eight and um, the Kentmere four hundred. There you go. Then your wow. X Pro and your X Pro two. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sorry. What was that, Betsy? Two ends of the spectrum there. Well, so so my plan is uh, twenty two thirty eight for midday, like really contrasty scenes, because I know the city can get pretty contrasty with, with with the buildings especially the areas we'll be hanging out in and that the 400 will be my my early evening to stuff and then once the once the lights come out it's either going to be the the x pro 2 that i haven't purchased but i probably will or i'll take my canon digital and and um shoot the the city lights in in, in color that sounds like a good plan how long are you going to be in new york for we're there from just Saturday through Tuesday, so it's yeah, it's like a little mini. We're just doing it as a little mini vacation, so four days. Essentially, I think. Yeah, yeah, we get in pretty early Saturday morning, like eight a.m., so we can kind of hit the ground running for a while and just hang out and do some stuff. And then I, I think you know you saw the the conversation and um, try to get hopefully you and some of those other folks, and maybe we can help head out to Coney Island on Sunday and and just shoot some, you know, I'm thinking that would be a great place for, for both the 2238 and maybe even some, I might throw some color film in if we go to Coney Island for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You mean some slow Bart? That would be nice out there. I think. Yeah. I, I actually was thinking about that. I'm, and I'm really torn because I've never been to Coney Island before. So, you know, I'm vacillating on that. Do I want to go like document it or do I want to go be experimental? And, and I kind of always want to do both. But anytime I try to do too many things, I, f- I feel like I walk away unsatisfied. So I'm like, it'll be better if I just pick one or another approach for it. But the 2254 would be awesome out there in in one way. Yeah, for, sh- for yeah. sure. Well, make sure you stock, stock up on that Kodak Gold. Yeah, I know. Hey, <laughs> I heard over on the Grainy Days podcast that that stuff was going to be discontinued. Very reputable sources. <laughs> I don't know. Those guys are a bunch of crazies over there. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. When I visited my daughter, I made her go into Walgreens with me just so I could see if they had any on sale. And they did. So I bought a three pack. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Nice. It's actually funny you mentioned that, Ed, because I just looked over and I'm like, I do have a three pack. I bought a three pack the last time it was at Sammy's. So, hmm, that might have to go to Coney Island with me and and um, burn up in something over there. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a little rangefinder romance. I'm going to take the uh, the 25 millimeter snapshot scopar. Just that way, I could just set it at infinity and walk around and shoot a point and shoot. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, S- super fires. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we? So I, I had a, sorry, I, I had a question, Betsy, and I forgot. Oh, you you said your dad gave you a knicker mat. 
Yes. Um, now, do you, do you shoot that with just like a like a standard fifty, or do you have a bunch of lenses for it? Or um, I have I have a fifty for it. Mm-hmm. And okay, this is going to be the you're going to where you guys are going to be like, oh my god, it's just such a strange one. Um, I have the Micronaut. I have the fifty sitting in one of those wonderful old vinyl camera bags. And my dad passed away um, in 2012. Mm. And I readily admit, I, I am a dad, I was a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. After I got um, my D500 and I was starting to shoot sports, I, I was taking out a closet and on the top shelf, and my dad had at one time made the comment, when I say years ago, I'm talking like, early 90s Betsy I sold off you know I got rid of all my camera equipment I sold off all my lenses okay dad no problem sold off all the long lenses too I don't you know if you wanted any you know too bad no problem dad I come across this old school 200 millimeter f4 lens for the knicker mat and it was like this was my dad's I know this was my dad's where the hell did it come from? It was like, I don't know, he decided to gift me. Wow. So, so he, it was one he didn't sell off, huh? He just kept it, or? I, I guess so, but it, it showed up in my house, not in my parents' house. Huh. And I think um, I had, when Ed had sent, had asked for um, pictures that I took with the 2238, the one of the surfer is with the knicker mat and the F4 200 lens. Very nice. Hmm. Nice. I I was gifted a knicker mat a handful of years ago, and um, this was sort of before Facebook and MySpace was a, a, a big, you know, the equivalent to Facebook. And, and um, I very excitedly posted on one of the classic camera groups there that I had was gifted this knicker mat. And one of the guys I'd been chatting with from the Netherlands, um, basically sent me to go on that knicker mat, a a Nikkor, I think it's a, a a Nikkor H, um, pre AI lens. Mm -hmm. And, And so I have that set up and I don't shoot it very often, but I love it because both the lens and the body were gifted to me. And, you know, they came from so far away. But just the other day, I was going through some old stuff and I came across some images I shot. It's like, that lens is damn sharp and actually really good. And I don't, I should shoot the hell out of it a lot more because it's really nice. See, there's something to be said for it. Get out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the knicker mat bodies are, are really nice. I had an F3 for a long time, too. And unfortunately, it was stolen. But I, truthfully, I I actually like the knicker mat body more than the F three, even though the F three was a more practical shooter. Why is that? I've never gotten to play with an F three, so why did you like the knicker mat more? I think I like the knicker mat more for the same reason that I love my Leica more than my Bessa, even though my Bessa gets way more use. It's just, it's a beautiful camera, like. I feel like the craftsmanship in the knicker mat, like the way that the particular one I have, I'm sure yours is very similar. It just, it feels like it was built in a different era of craftsmanship. I um, agree with that. 
you know, and, and it's nice to hold, but not always more practical to shoot. It, they do, it does feel good in the hand. It's solid. Um, you know, for me, I have an emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of swallowed hard when I, it, it needed to have some work done. And, you know, um, I used the camera guy, Jason, out in Willow Grove. I can't remember his name. Are you familiar with him? See, I think Jason's off for a minute. His okay. his, uh, his mic looks muted. Oh, okay. Anyway, and I, I think I spent like $250 getting the camera made right. Mm-hmm. But it shoots beautifully, and it, it makes me happy to have it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I guess I was on mute there for a second. Yep. <clears throat> Is, is that your is that your York camera guy that that she sent it to? No, no, he's uh, uh, this is out in Willow Grove, so near yeah. closer to Philly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know about Jason's York guy. Now that I do, you know, I'll be hitting him up. Yeah, Chris is a good dude. Well, that's really cool. And and, and Betsy, I, I want to ask this with 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 like what your accent is it. Were you, were you born in that area of Jersey? Is that a, do you have a Jersey <laughs> I, accent? I, you have an accent. Oh, I, I, I have been told <laughs> that I do. <laughs> I grew up in central New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I've lived in southern New Jersey for 29 years. I am the only Air Force wife who never moved from her, her home state. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's quite a distinction. <laughs> it, it is. Um, my, uh, you know, maybe there's a couple more of us out there, but my husband, uh, ten years active duty and ten years reserve duty, and we never moved from our home state. If you can believe that. Wow. He th- he flew one forty ones at McGuire. And then he went to the FAA as an Air Force guy. And when he decided to get out of duty, he became a test pilot at the FAA. That's so pretty cool. Was that a choir or was he at a Fort Dix, too? Uh, Fort Dix is an Army base. Oh, yeah, Fort Dix is an Army base. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I spent, um, I spent three months at Fort Dix for Army training when I was in the Air Force. So, and it was, it was in 93. It was the blizzard of 93. This is a SoCal kid. I mean, I... I've seen snow, but I've never lived in snow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was snow. I remember that one. Yeah. That wasn't just snow. That was ice. Yes. My yeah, daughter was born in the middle of those ice storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good times. That was fun. Three months. <laughs> He's like, those are good times. The fun three months. Never went back. <laughs> Never went back. No, no, no. After that, I got sent to Turkey. So, oh wow, yeah, good times. I I have never been. I hear Turkey is. Uh, I had a good buddy who spent a, a fair bit of time. Well, maybe not a fair bit of time, but some time in in Istanbul, mm-hmm. and um, just said it was an amazing place to go. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, the only thing is, I really wish I was into like photography back then and and um, that kind of stuff. 
because I have very little amounts of photos. I don't have that many photos from my mm-hmm. time when I was there, and I just I kicked myself in the butt, wishing I I would have taken it a little bit more seriously as far as like you know capturing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. I just found maybe you guys can help me out. I just found hmm. for a couple rolls of Walmart Fuji something or other color film that my husband must have shot like. Back What do I do to get it to, to develop it? C41? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking four and a half minutes won't, will, like, how do I account for that time? You know, what do I, does, does it need to be treated any different? I, no, uh, I don't think so. No, I think you can go with the normal dev time. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> how is it stored? In a draft drawer. Oh. <laughs> He's, it's like oh, oh. oh right, right. in well, the same drawer I also found a roll of film that expired in 1989 and it hadn't been shot I shot it you know I pulled it back I shot it at 50 developed it it came out fine what 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 was the brand oh that was Kodak okay yeah, I shot some Agfa Color uh, XRS. It was medium format, and it was 1988. And the colors out of that thing were still awesome. Yeah. Right so, yeah. Yeah, I would say just develop it normally. You may have to do oh. a little, might have to spend a little bit more than a minute on the post-processing, but. Yeah, that, just, I guess. <laughs> if you want to, or you can just say, hey, this is expired. This is the way it looks now. Deal with it. Deal with it. But I think consumer films, that's the other thing, too. I think consumer films have a better, uh, uh, can stand the, you know, they're not as sensitive, say, as maybe the pro films, I guess, to to the element. So, I mean, if you don't. That's the reason. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have, is it really hot and humid summers over there where that drawer would be crazy in temps? Uh, it- no, it's it's an air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, you're probably okay. Yeah, uh, you, you know what, um, uh, Lori? I said Lori Brooks uh, just uh, yesterday on the the negative positives Facebook group kind of posted a similar question. She got some one twenty, I think it was one twenty six film, super old, so she shot it. And then Ed, I actually borrowed a play from your playbook and suggested to her, and I, and I think she mm-hmm. basically did this is that. Try the you know road doll one to one hundred for yep. say thirty forty minutes. Just do a stand and then develop it in regular C forty one afterwards. So that way you know you'll, you're you're sort of going to get the full full latent image, I, I think. And then whatever you get from the color developer is just like a bonus. Um, like yep. that that's that's I feel like that's another way where you could you know get be guaranteed to get some images um maybe not the best colors overall but you yeah. you'd probably certainly get a scannable image out of it or even uh, uh a stand dev like you did on some of your other film a color stand dev yeah i i love the color stand developing um i mean 
that yeah, I would be tempted to do like a a, a 30 40 minute Rodinol 1 to 100 stand followed by a 45 minute color stand. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean yeah. It's just Oh, that sounds crazy. It's just easy, right? You just pour the chemistry and walk mm-hmm. away. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah, do- I haven't done any color stand dev yet. <clears throat> yeah. I've been intrigued by it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, you know, if to to be honest, I I certainly feel like the colors are shifted a little bit. They're not 100%, but How do you see them shifting cool or warm? I I I think uh I think they're shifting a little bit more just muted. So I guess that okay. would be I guess that would be cooler. Right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. I'd almost be going to, and I haven't done a ton of it. I haven't done any experimenting. I haven't done like a half a roll in regular and half a roll in stand, which would really give me some information. But but my sense is that I'm getting a little bit of a compressed color scale and that it's a little bit cooler and, and muted. But certainly nothing that Lightroom or Photoshop or something can't basically auto bump up a little bit, you know. Right on. So, I mean, I wouldn't shoot somebody's wedding and do that myself, but for a lot of my own stuff, I, 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 it's perfectly fine. Man, there's some, there's some, there's some wedding photographers who are just they're like they're they're building huge portfolios portfolios off of shooting expired film. Sure, absolutely. Which is wild. Yeah, I. You know what? <laughs> there, there's part of me sometimes that 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 wishes I could, and it's not that I couldn't. I guess I'm just lazy. It would be fun to m- go back and market myself as either a black and white or expired color wedding shooter. Um, but but you'd like to ta- a tag yourself with a digital shooter who's going to do all the primary work, and you literally could just mm-hmm. do the candids and just right. Like that would be, that would be a fun thing to do. Like super fun. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause then you just get what you get. There's <laughs> no stress. I give anyone credit. Who's the wedding photographer. Yeah. It's, that it's is, uh, challenging. I, I, I would not want to have to deal with the parties involved and, and that sense of responsibility. My, so I've, I've shot, you know, maybe, maybe 30 weddings over the last few years. And they're always, they're not always smaller. I've shot a couple of actually fairly large weddings, um, but they kind of are word of mouth. So we, we, my, my partner and I was shooting, we tended to have some kind of relationship with the people so they weren't all just entirely people we didn't know so i guess maybe you get a different kind of grace in those situations but um i'd say for the most part it's the the only challenge really if if i'm honest is the bride's mom Mm. (laughs) like 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 that's we we always approach the wedding as our client is the bride's mom followed by the bride and then everyone else like 
the grooms, except for one wedding, never give a shit. Or, or they're just like, uh, I was told to come over here and you're going to take some photos. So what do I got? to do? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that was at least, that was my perspective. And for the most part, it, it, it really is pretty good overall. If you can manage the expectations of those two individuals, it, my experience was you're good. So Bri's mom says, do X, you just make sure X gets done and you're okay. Because ruining somebody's daughter's special day is, uh, yeah, that's a bad recipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too fun. Um, okay, so I think uh, maybe we wrap up this section and kind of, unless anyone else has any follow-on follow-up questions for Betsy from sort of the intro? Yeah, I, th- I think we're good. I'm good. All right, so so yeah, let's move on to the, um, what you did for the Kodak 2238 project, and then, um, you know, like, what was your interest in participating in the project? Did you have any initial thoughts when you saw it launch, or or you first joined the group? And then how did you what was your personal approach to like getting the film and using it? Um, I, I, I asked to join because, um, I thought it would be neat to be part of something that other people were participating in. Um, by me, there's, there's not a whole lot of film shooters. Um, there's a couple we're, we're starting Really, thanks to some of the Facebook groups, we're starting to find each other. Mm. Um, and a couple of people have restarted shooting film because a couple of us are like waving film things around. Um, but I wanted to participate. It increased me that it was a film that it was not normally used for still photography. Um, and really, for the experience, my approach, I'm not, a, my first love in photography is sports, but I'm not just sports. I, I'm not one of the people that only takes pictures of X, Y, Z. I'm still in that stage of, I want to explore it all. Um, so one role I shot in the Leica and the other role I shot my little Raleigh 35. And as far as, I don't really think I, the only shot out of all of, out of the two roles that I planned was the selfie with the Vespa. That was the only one that I said, okay. Michael said something about wanting everyone to do a selfie. How can I do this? And uh, um, Fred and I were out riding around one day, and I, I had the third, I had the Raleigh thirty-five with me, and I, it came upon me to, to, um, to shoot with the you know into the Vespa mirror. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it was really let me push myself to carry my camera more than I usually do. To see what come to see what happens and what comes up, and so I can't say that I had a plan that I wanted to make a point, 
with the film. I just wanted to experience the film. That's really that's really cool. I, that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm actually because you'd sent those out to, to Ed earlier, and I had actually pulled them across the into my notes. I'm, I'm actually I'm looking at that that Vespa shot, and yeah, it's just I I love the framing that you did on that, like where you put yourself in the mirror for the self portrait, and then how that sort of balances with the rest of the image with the with with the Vespa in that lower right corner and the just the chrome and the details and like it's that's just a beautiful photograph i'm i'm hoping and you don't have to tell me i'm hoping that one made it into the zine because uh it, like i would love to see that a, as a print uh, I don't it, it looks it, cool i don't think it did um but you know i had so much fun with the film um my very first role that was in the Leica, I tried it with a red filter, and I got neat results with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, like, it, it pushed me. It pushed me in good ways, and I enjoyed that. So I really appreciate being able to participate and learn about the film. Yeah, you were one of the. Uh, you know, we've kind of joked about this for a couple of months now uh, on the on the Facebook group for the Kodak 2238 project. Like you were one of the few people I feel like that had success with this film with color filtration. Mm -hmm. And, and like, you're like, I love first that you did the, the red filter and you scanned them in color. And so we got those red images. I'm looking at um, one that kind of looks like almost <laughs> like some kind of a Greek building right now. Um, I don't know what that thing is, but it's, it's gorgeous. And, and then the other stuff that you did where you converted to black and white and you got the, the sky pop, like, like yep. that's, that's really cool. And I still think we need to create a thread where you identify specifically which filter you use because you really got effects that other people have not been able to replicate with their red filters. So I'm wondering if there's like, if, you know, if not every red filter is the same, if they all get like a slightly different wavelength and, and you just happen to have one that's like the, a perfect wavelength for this film. Um, I, uh, um, the one with the Leica, I used the, the, it, the B and W red filter. I have to look and see what number it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, if you, I, I don't know if you recall, I did some experiments. I, I shot Ranger bush with the clouds behind it using and I went through the line of using the different filters. I yep. had bought a filter cat from Johnny over um, at the camera store, the what's the name of the really big camera store in Chicago that we all love? Oh Central Camera. Oh, Central Camera. Camera. Um, he had I had asked, I had sent him a PM saying, Do you folks have any filters for a Raleigh 35. And he's like, well, we don't have the Raleigh ones, but what we do is I have an adapter and I have a kit of old Kodak filters that will work perfectly. Send them on over. And I did get variations. Hmm. And so I, I kind of had fun of just taking pictures and experimenting and saying, okay, well, what happens, you know, let me go down the line. Here's no filter. Here's here's yellow filter. Here's you know green filter. Here's orange. Here's red um, on the Raleigh. So it was a lot of fun to experiment. 
figure out what would work and what didn't. And I don't know, maybe you just sent me magic rolls of film. <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, I'm sure I did, right? <laughs> Wait, is that an ice cream truck that I hear? It's, it is. It's my neighborhood, man. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's cool. Hey, bro, go get me a go get me one of those ice cream sandwiches, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna run out there and get a taco choco because you know they have them. The choco oh, taco. Oh yeah. Oh, this uh, sometimes we have a we. It's really funny, right? Like, um, to, sorry to digress. A, a, a couple of families moved in across the street about two years ago, and they have, I don't know, maybe six or seven kids between the couple of families. And I swear, it was like a week after they moved here that that freaking ice cream truck like figured it out, <laughs> and it just like rolls up, and then it just I swear sometimes it just pulls up and sits there with that song playing until those kids beat their parents down and get enough money to run out. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we we have one that comes around here, and it's become something of a joke in my family that my mm-hmm. my father in law and my nephew. Can hear this. Can hear this ice cream truck from like two or three blocks off. Oh, nobody wow. else can hear it. <laughs> like nobody else can hear a thing. And they're like, "Wait, it's Dairy Dan." Oh, that's so and cool. Then, and and then and then it comes into earshot. Like their their ears are just tuned to that to that song. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wild. The dog whistle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're like, you guys hear that? We're like, no. They're like, trust us. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bitching. Yeah. yeah. He didn't stop today. That's sad. Although it's like, it's it's blackout right now. And the freaking ice cream guy is still rolling around looking for kids. It's so weird. Yeah, that's that's a little shady. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. A little bit. Um, so, so, Betsy, I... Uh, do you remember when you were doing those filter tests? Um, do you have a sense of like any of those that you would recommend to other shooters of this film in terms of like, did you like any of the, the green or the blue or the yellows or the reds in particular? I, I liked the orange and the red the best. Okay. But I kind of like, I kind of like seeing that blue sky go dark. Um, mm-hmm. The, the best red is that BMW red filter. Um, that that will turn that for me turned you know a, a beautiful deep blue sky really really dark. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have some failures with with the film. Not the two rolls that you sent me, but subsequent uh, twenty two thirty eight. I tried to do some nice. And on my street, which there's like a couple of street lights, but like I live, I live in suburbia. I live in a weird, like it's a little development, but we're I'm right off of a hundred thousand acre state forest, so there's not a whole lot of light. And I can tell you that a four minute exposure got me nothing. Wow! Wow! So I'd like to actually revisit that. Mm-hmm. And see if I can make that work a little better. Now, that was a four-minute exposure with filtration? No. That oh, okay. Was great four-minute exposure. Wow. Yeah, I I also admit that I have yet to really do any. I've done some 
like sunset type long exposures at the beach like of of piers and stuff like that but i haven't done any real long exposures that are more than a than a minute um that of dark stuff so and i can't recall if anyone else in this project has either it does feel like a little bit of a unknown left with this film in terms of reciprocity and and really long exposures or even nighttime work for for city lights and stuff didn't um bill down in australia didn't he do some beautiful night work with it i see it certainly if anyone would have it would have been him right i i feel like uh, him and matt jones have done sort of the, the the most extreme testing in terms of like low light or 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 night stuff but i i just don't recall seeing it but but it it could be in there yeah he did i'm looking at it right now oh it's, nice it's like some landscape shots and stuff like that of the bridge mm-hmm. um and what he says is he he used the trix 100 the uh, trix i think i think maybe he meant tmax 100 re- uh, reciprocity as a guide uh, for no particular hmm. reason of course <laughs> um but he used rodno two-hour stand and he shot it with the olympus uh, om1 18 millimeter 35 and a 50 uh f14 he put a he has quite a few shots in there well yeah i'm looking at it now i just i just yeah. looked it up too and i see where i commented that tells you exactly how my mind works <laughs> Where were you last night, sir? Home in bed. Well, this security footage shows you robbing this liquor store. I wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. I, I don't remember yeah. being there. <laughs> yeah, those are those are really nice. I'm gonna shoot more of this stuff. It, it's it's fun to see that. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. Yeah. I really love it, and, and Betsy, I forget you. You you got a bunch from me after the project, right? And, and like, uh-huh. and, <laughs> so, do, you, do you use I, it quite a bit, like uh, like sort of everyday stuff, I, or? I have used it quite a bit. Um, I gave a few roles to Jerry Franklin, um, so it, you know it like. I'm being the 2238 um, fairy godmother. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I, cool. I'm doing nice. it. And, you know, initially when I started out, like I think the first two roles um, from the project, I shot both at um, ISO 25. So now I'm trying to push myself to shoot it at different speeds to see what I get. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing is, and and this is this is where I'm sorely lacking is, you know, I don't have a sense of what kind of development times I should use. You know, right now I'm kind of limited. I have I have two developers in in my arsenal. I have Alpha Sol Three, and I have Extol. And I haven't tried it with Alpha Sol Three, so I'm using Extol exclusively. And I really think I need to get some road and all because it seems like you are all just turning out beautiful images with it. Mm. Yeah, I know Jr. Uh, Jr. Wyatt. He's uh, 
he's been doing some some nice stuff with the yes. with the uh, road and all. And, yep. um, <clears throat> I just borrow his times because it you know it, it looks great and and you know he just shot it at fifty and I know that's getting kind of up there on the uh, on the ISO number so uh, yeah, but that's, that's, it, that's pushing a native stop yeah. It uh, it looked good. It gives me hopes that I might be able to shoot it at 100 on my little LC wide, which I still have to test. Yes. Oh, oh, mine's yeah. coming pretty soon. Yeah, you got the LCA, sir. So that's a 32 yeah, millimeter. Mine's the yeah. 17 millimeter, oh, super sorry. wide <laughs> slash half frame <laughs> camera as well. <laughs> sorry, I'm just being a lamography snob. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> That's like, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> Pardon me, sir, but you're not in this club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, can you pass the yellow mustard, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. my goodness. Okay. I'm going to go back on you. <laughs> yeah. I have <laughs> Back on mute. Ed just comes in tonight with just perfectly timed, awesome response singers, and he's like, I'm out. I'm just waiting to say something awesome. Another <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, like you guys, I need to jump on the, um, it's so funny, for years, like literally the last handful of years, I used Fomadon R09 for everything. That was my go-to yeah. developer, and and then for some reason with this film, I have not, I don't think I've done a single role of 2238 in that developer. Um, I really liked it in the Caffinol and D76. And I think I was just in a D76 phase when I got it. Well, mostly the D96 and then going to the D76 right after. So I, I also, like like everyone here, need to jump on that bandwagon and try try it out and try to push the speed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Betsy, I'll be I'll be curious because um, you know I keep that PDF handy from Ilford's website because I I just feel like I refer to it so much. But the the Ilfasol three is the Ilford equivalent to Xtol. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I I'd be curious to see, um, but it's not a Scorbit based like the Xtol is. So it is slightly different. But Ilford basically says this is our. E- this is our product that's equivalent. Um, okay. So I'd be curious if you see a, a, any difference um, in I'll your experience. To, I'll have to try it and see. Yeah. I would expect green, uh, not just grainier, but I would expect higher contrast results with the Rodinol, too. And well, thoroughly yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, that seems to jive what i've seen from um from jr wyatt's work like like he's getting images the blacks are still a little more crushed and the contrast is a little more there but i think that the um what do you call that the accutance is is kind of nice i i like i like the look as best i can tell online anyway yeah, I think the um, the Xtol tends to tame it, you know, just kind of gives it a, a little bit more medium to low contrast. Yeah. Um, so you get you get greater tonality from Xtol. Um, and then, you know, if you want to crush the blacks and with a little post bump, you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I, I think, Betsy, I found through you and um, the Rolly 35 groups. I, I don't own a, a Rolly 35. And I think I was looking at your work, which was linked to that group and ended up there. And then I ended up inviting to the 
the Kodak 2238 group. Uh, I think Mike, Ar- is it Armandi, something like that? Yeah, um, beautiful work. He does, he does really cool work, and he has, he, he has probably extracted some of the most tonal range out of 2238 of anyone I've seen. And I, although I, if I'm honest, I can't tell what's being done with the scanner versus what's being done with the developer because he's, he, my sense of his work is he's, he's very liberal with the, the post processing, which is, it's like, you know, awesome, do what you do. But I, I can't quite tell, but he still does achieve some very interesting results right. with it. But I do like. I mean, I think at some level you've got to try pretty hard to completely strip out the characteristics of twenty two thirty eight in post. Like you could be pretty heavy handed. I mean, you really got to go hard to erase the inherent characteristics. Yeah, in my view, I I think so. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I won't be so bold as to say that that's you know, the most resilient to, um, to heavy post-processing. But, I mean, you gotta, you got to peg some sliders to really push it. <laughs> Good way to push Yeah. <laughs> My sliders go to 11. How about yours? <laughs> I just hit the wand. That's, oh, the magic wand. <laughs> the magic wand. I, I hit the wand and I just let Apple take me away. And put a little Lomo sticker over that portion of his monitor so he just clicks the Lomo sticker whenever he wants magic. <laughs> exactly. That's what I do. Sorry. <laughs> so it's too funny. So, Betsy, I had one follow up question for you. You, um, I, I, th- I think this was from your first role still. Uh, you, you shot this this um, antique, I think it was like maybe an antique mall or an antique storefront or something with the red filter. Uh, okay, I'm listening. Yeah, so was, was that, if you remember, was that in your town? And so I guess what I was curious is if, if you used for your first role of the film in a way that you sort of normally would, like, if just no. out walking about, no. or you wouldn't try n- no. new stuff entirely, huh? First of all, you have to realize, like, I, Michael, we're lucky there's a Wawa convenience store three miles away. Wow. Okay. Like, for me to go and do grocery shopping, it's a 20-mile round trip. Wow. Uh, so, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it's, oh, and you're on that side of Hamilton. Got it. no mrs pence's pies for you jason (laughs) but no actually what i first of all i threw it in like that and i had to go to um in the course of a couple of days for work um i had to go down to the city of salem which is like um, right at the bottom of the state, some beautiful buildings. It is a little city, a little town that has really fallen on part time. It abuts uh, or thing, and it, I took it there to take pictures because I thought it might be neat. And I did. Um, that's where you know the photo where I think I titled it "Angry Wife." 
of the like the guy is blurry outside of the, his pickup truck. Yes, it was my favorite of your of your pro- project stuff. Yeah, um, that I took down in Salem, um, and then from there, I went over to um, a state park and I took a couple of pictures that were near there. And then, like the next day, I had to go to Atlantic City. So a couple of you know there were some pictures that were taken in Atlantic City and the surrounding area. So, like I said, is what I did with the film is instead of just saying, "Well, let me go and shoot what I normally shoot," I tried to push myself to carry my camera and to open myself up to taking thing to taking it places where maybe I wouldn't have taken it. Hmm. Oh, cool. So it was less, you know, it was less about seeking out no, the type I, of scene that I, you think would really render well on the film. I was, I was out looking for interesting things, but I wasn't out to take the next masterpiece. I, I, re- I just wanted to experience the film, and I thought with that came, well, let me experience it in different places versus my norm. And then you have all the pictures of my horse I took with it. <laughs> because I, I, I still think you should do a whole series like Between Your Horse's Ears. I plan on it. I think the Raleigh 35 wants to do that. Oh, like the perfect per- perspective that. from you riding it through, oh, through yeah. the ears? Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> now, in all fairness, guys... That's not a new thing. Every person with a horse and a cell phone takes their between the ears pictures. But we has everyone done it while they were hunting the Jersey Devil? So you could always have like little Jersey Devil things there. <laughs> <laughs> we could do, you know, you laugh. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to. We even have like um, a local vineyard here that they have Jersey Devil port. Oh, it's cool. The whole thing. <laughs> Wait, is it a, is it a, um, is it a tradi- like a traditional port? Because I know there's a winery somewhere in that part of Pennsylvania that does a, a Chardonnay port, and it's pretty damn fantastic. And I know it's from like southeastern PA, and they're a small, I guess, uh, farm something winery, so they can't ship it out of state. So I, I normally have my sister grab it when she's when she's visiting that area, and then and she sends it to me. No, this this is a pretty a, a pretty traditional port. Mm. But they have another oh. one called uh, Lab Number Three that's been aged in bourbon barrels, and that is like fantastic. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, it is. It like it, it's my favorite. <laughs> That I'm like I'm putting that in my notes. <laughs> Lab number three port because <laughs> I love port. Like now you're now you're speaking to my heart. Gotcha. Right, is port one of your love languages, Michael? It's 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 definitely <laughs> a love language for sure. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, like that, especially like that. Um, you know, I, I when I lived in Pennsylvania, I was never a huge fan of most Pennsylvania wines, if I'm honest. Like, I, th- I think those Niagara's and stuff, they're fun. They're they're super fruity, and it's basically Welch's grape juice for the most but, part. But like there Welch's are some good ones. 
It smells like Welsh grape juice up there. Like you're from Edinburgh, right? Yep. Yep. My my daughter lives at Harbor Creek, and you make the left out of her driveway and go up towards northeast, and you hit all the vineyards, and it literally smells like Welch's grape juice when you're when you're biking up there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the home of it, right? And then I I feel like at some point they decided to instead of just making the grape juice for that area to start doing these little small wineries and they are cool. I mean, not, not to bad mouth though. They're just, they're not the particular taste in wine that I have. Like I prefer drier reds and stuff, but then they do come out with these fun ones every now and then like the Chardonnay port. And just, I've never seen anything else like it anywhere. It, it has a Pennsylvania feel to me and it's really good. Sounds pretty tasty. I have to uh, find that have to check it out. Yeah. And I've made the mistake of asking places here in California if they have a Chardonnay port. And, you know, if looks could kill, I'd, I'd have been dead a handful of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't do that, sir. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll just take that as a no. Poor baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, did <clears throat> go back to that photo for one second the the, the one in the town the, the thing I loved about it that I just wanted to, to compliment you on is uh, I've, I think I've looked at this for like a bunch of times there, there's something about the the perspective that you got in there and, and the red and today for the first time ever I think I finally noticed that it's because it says cameras and photos like right in the middle of the photo and for somehow I've missed that every time I've looked at this photo previous to <laughs> looking at it today. Hmm. Hmm. I never noticed it either. Yeah, it's it's like I, there's like we buy paintings and we buy estates, and I think I've always looked at that. It catches my attention, and then just today I'm like, but it also says cameras and photos, and then I'm like, I wonder if she went in there and checked that place out. And no, like, I, I hope they got cool cameras. It was it was in Atlantic City, and there were, um, we'll just say, it, it wasn't in a bad neighborhood, but it was in a neighborhood where I wasn't going to hang out too long at that point in time during the day. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of neighborhoods like that in Atlantic City. There is. But, you know, you get off the boardwalk and it's like, wait, where, where where am I? It it changes dramatically. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I I admit I've never been to that. Uh, I don't think I've been over there. Atlantic City used to, so like, it's got an interesting history because there was the time when all of the, um, like, boardwalk attractions, you know, you're talking like, the horse high dives and you know like those kind of like carnival spectacle kind of stuff was mm-hmm. huge in Atlantic City and then um, then it was late 60s early 70s where it really just started to you know kind of circle the drain um, you know heavy mob influence but just you know it was the casinos so and once those casinos a lot of them left um, Atlantic City turned into a ghost town for a while. Wow. It, it did. It's come back. But the biggest, um, you know, those casinos 
that was supposed to rejuvenate the whole city. Yeah. It didn't rejuvenate past the boardwalk. Hmm. And and that that's the sadness of it. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, Hard Rock moved in. I think that's a good thing. How it works uh, in uh, I'm sure Las Vegas and other you know other gambling cities are the same way. How it works is whenever there's a new casino built or a casino goes through a major major renovation, all of the other casinos kind of wait. Kind of sit back and wait and say what they do, and then immediately afterwards, there's about a year or so of hurry, hurry, hurry. Let me renovate to try to attract more people to come in. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we definitely need to do this. This uh, we were talking about it last week on the the podcast, like a a, a Toronto um, meetup. For folks, I'm like, yeah, East Coast meetup would be so fun. The old oh, cities out there are cool. <clears throat> yep. Uh, well, I think I love the fact that like you and Ed and Andre, like you, you guys have this whole little Geronimo group that gets together <laughs> to go to lunch and go shoot and stuff. It definitely is appreciated and fun. It's it's really mm-hmm. fun to hang out with those guys for sure. I don't know about that Ed guy, but the other guys are really cool. Yeah, I don't know about that <laughs> Bartasek guy. Oh. <laughs> 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 and you've pretty much just had lunch with us. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you're all wearing like camera themed t-shirts. T-shirt. It's like do they call each other to say I'm wearing this one today. <laughs> Pretty much, we're like, don't wear any L T-shirts because I'm wearing my Lamography one. <laughs> no, my there you go. <laughs> so they can find each other in crowds. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend easy. always is like, she she will come like every third time we do something, but she, but only if we're gonna go somewhere where she can immediately leave us and go do her own thing. But you know, she'll come for the food, and make some small talk, and then she's like, you guys are so nerdy you just don't even realize how nerdy you are and she loves that nerdiness but she's also like you just go be nerds over there i'm gonna go over here and look at this other stuff um, Mark, no, that's, it that's makes me laugh i'm out with the camera that's that's what the family does to you too oh absolutely i mean that's all i wear really is the either uh techie shirts uh because i'm in it so i wear a bunch of techie shirts or i wear a bunch of camera shirts um See, or or taco shirts is my other new fave of for fashion, and um, yeah, yeah. My wife always tells me, my kids always tell me, you're just a nerd. You're always wearing a camera shirt. Is there anything? Do you have anything else? Oh, yeah, I got a taco shirt. <laughs> Dude, we gotta we gotta see if Dustin uh, Nickerson will design you a taco camera shirt. I really want to. I want that one that uh, that we use for uh, for our first taco meetup, taco or taco meetup, you know, with the guy with the uh, big sombrero and everything. Mm-hmm. And that then, uh, and yeah, and then we have the four tacos saying on there. So, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That would be really fun. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I think I've extended it out, and and I hope it works out. Um, it for for Jason and Betsy because I'm, I'm going to New York and if you guys can make it over for a day, for an hour, for a half hour, for 10 minutes, that would be awesome and if you can, I certainly understand. 
but I'm I'm hoping it I'm hoping it works out while I'm there. We'll see what we can get together. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be fun. Yeah, it's 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 it would be interesting for me too because I have a, I have a friend coming down from Hartford, and a friend coming down from from um, what is that area? Shit, just just north, just just above the city in Connecticut, um, and then another friend that's in the city now, and and so the one guy I met like eighteen years ago on MySpace, and we've been chatting forever. We've never met, and he just happens to be in New York right now and and um betsy i think i cc'd you on a conversation today with with him his name's patrico he's an amazing photographer and an amazing artist all the way around and then the other two folks i've met a handful of times they've either come to california or i've been in the area or we bumped into each other in florida once um and they're people i met back in myspace photography days too and so it's it'd be really fun to get some like super old photo friends i met from online and some new ones and go nerd out for a day and shoot some photos or just bullshit at a bar somewhere. Now, is your girlfriend coming with you? Yeah, yeah, she's going to come and, uh, and, and, um, and fire and up the... Like, yep. she's like... She ha- she is a saint. She's <laughs> the ground she walks on. She is pretty awesome. She's, she's pretty amazing with a film retriever, too. Yeah, she is. Every damn time. <laughs> Although I'm not gonna lie, man, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it too. I'm almost, I'm almost Bullshit. as good as her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun because she's usually the reason we go to New York. She usually gets um like a voice acting gig or something there a couple times a year. So we 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 tend to go over, and she she works, you know, eight hour days, whatever, doing voice acting, and I just tend to run around the city like a crazy person. So this is the first time we're going where we both get to kind of hang out together where she's not working while we're in the city. Well, I hope you two have a wonderful time. But she is a saint. She's not going for work and she's going to go and, like, be with you while you're geeking out with all your camera buds. She is, but then also uh, the uh, one of the other people coming down, Karen, a photographer I met years ago, um, they get along super well. So if we get too nerdy, they'll they'll just be like, whatever. <laughs> You guys <laughs> go do your thing, and we're going to go over here and and, and do more interesting stuff. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, folks. So we're about hour forty five minutes. I feel like it goes so fast. Um, yeah, it, does. it really does. It's crazy. I was like at the start of this, I'm like, you know, we should keep this to like an hour and fifteen. Blah blah blah. Like whatever. Um, what, so what do you guys think about sort of this last section and, and wrapping it up in terms of, um, you know, any any upcoming projects that anyone wants to share? Um, Betsy, do you have any anything you're working on? Um, does it, I never think in terms of projects. Um, I am planning on um, trying slow bar at football. Oh, and and not Friday night lights. Um, Thursday afternoon games are the freshman games. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I'd like to try some slow film with the football, you know, shooting football and see how it goes. I bought Sherry Christensen's F one hundred. Mm-hmm. Because all of my 
uh, my D500 will work on it. Yeah. And yeah. Mm -hmm. This was my reasoning um, to the spouse about why I should really just buy the camera was because all of my glass would work and I could really see what I could try to push myself, what I could do with film and sport. And he bought it. Until <laughs> <laughs> we play this podcast for him, we're like, Fred, listen here. Tell us this exactly how she pulled the wool over your eyes. You know something? I got to tell you, he is, like, maybe because of all the travel he's had to do over the course of our relationship, he is the most easygoing guy you've ever met. That's really cool. It's uh, cool like, to hear. Uh, like, My kind I, of dude. I have nothing to complain about. Like, he's he is just like, yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I kind of think that the slow bar in the um, F100 might be a nice combination. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, now, is your plan to shoot that, like, F14, F18 lens wide open? Or are you actually uh, going to try to get some motion blur with it? Um, probably a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Probably a little bit of both. We'll see what goes We'll see what happens. Do like you I shoot any flash? What? Do you shoot any flash, or is it all available light you photography? We're not allowed to use flash on sidelines at football games. Oh. No, that makes sense. At least, at least what I should say is in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I have an NJSIAA media pass, and NJSIAA is the governing body for high school sports. So... One of the I, there are certain constraints I have, and one is I'm not allowed to use flash, and and you know, for example, Friday night lights and a nighttime football game. Your best light is at the 50 yard line. Mm -hmm. I can't hit the 50 yard line. I have to be outside of the 25s because oh. that box is is reserved for players and coaches only. Wow. So I am always shooting. When I'm shooting at night, typically the darkest parts of the field. Yep. I, I, I remember shooting my son's high school football games for the, for the four years, and it was always an exercise in frustration in a way. For, like, like you said, like just the lighting is kind of awesome in one way and terrible in another. Exactly. Mm. You know, and it's a difference of a couple feet where you, it goes from good to bad. Right. And that's... And, and Jason, you just nailed it. it. The lighting changes every yard, it, so you, you kind of, you kind of learn to manage it. I I, I kind of have it figured out from a digital standpoint. My challenge is to figure it out from a film standpoint. But Thursday afternoon games, the four o'clock games, I'll have lots of sunlight. That's the perfect time to try a slow film. Mm -hmm. And I. You know, and I have to admit, like, I love what you're doing at the skate parks. That that's like what's driving me to try to try it, because I love what you've done with slow bar at this at the skate parks. I'm like, oh, wish I had one of those near my house. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we're certainly lucky to have, yeah. not only a skate park, right, but a skate park that literally has some of the best skaters anywhere in it, right? Like, if if you go to some of the other local skate parks. It's still fun, but you don't get the dynamic action that you get at the Venice Skate Park because most of those folks are 
that either pros are on their way to becoming pros and they're 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 there to show off for the crowds as as much as actually practice skating so it's a it's like a win-win for a photographer to go there uh, well mm-hmm. like i love yours and ed's workout like i have never wanted to go to california until i started following both of your photos oh, on the facebook you. pages because I, i'm just it, it's like oh that looks like such a cool place to be yeah i mean and then plus That's you have the beach there thing. so it's like it's one big, you know, one big place to just, you know, use up a crap load of film. Um, <clears throat> you know, you got the boardwalk where you got a bunch of crazies and, <laughs> you know, and just and then then you have the tourists there as well, you know, from everywhere. And it's just so many different languages being spoken. And then you go over to the skate park. You see those guys going, you know, doing some crazy stunts and stuff. And then. Then you can just walk the border, the, the the boardwalk on on the beach, and go out to the uh, pier and stuff. So it's just it's a one stop shop for me. I like it. I actually love that place. Yeah, yeah it, it's awesome. you, are you busy what? Friday, Michael? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Be. If you're going down there, I'll go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll 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 hit you up because I'm gonna be off on Friday because I got to go work Friday night. So. <laughs> oh shit. Yes. yes. Yeah. I can always float my hours. That would be fun. I'd love. I'd love to get down there. It's. I think the extra bonus to that beach also is not only is, you know, it's an interesting place, but like I'm expecting at Coney Island, or I would probably expect at Atlantic City, because it's a tourist destination. Nobody cares that you're shooting photos, right? Like you're not going to get the oh, there's a guy behind the bush being a perv. Right, like just everybody is shooting photos everywhere there, whether it's their cell phone or their vacation photos. So you're just like literally more noise in the crowd. You just don't stand out in that environment to shoot photos. So it it's it's like a it's a really fun place to go shoot because it it's easy also. Yes, that's that's pretty cool though. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I would use the, like when our trips to the beach. I kind of use when I'm walking the boardwalk. That's my I'm zone focusing and shooting from the hip as often as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it. There's at least one role that it is just purely like for the for the practice versus um, you know really thoughtfully composing. Mm-hmm. What just, question? For, so on that man, how do how much? How often do you feel like you get like that that happy accident keeper shot? Because I know what you mean. Like I I take those shots too. Like it is practice, but like do you feel like you get a pretty good return with that style for yourself? And is and do you feel like you're getting better with that over time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I of course I like to throw variables in it, like change focal lengths. But you know, if I'm <laughs> shooting at 35, I know I know the frame line field of view so well um that i can i can be off and still get something decent you know 50 50 is just a lot narrower um both in field of view and in depth of fields so if i'm shooting that way i tend to go 35 or wider if i have it yeah that that um that 25 millimeter that i'm going to take to new york with me that's that's its sole purpose in my life is i just set it to infinity and just hold it at waist level and the ground and the sky are in the shot. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know I got whatever was in front of me. 
it's there and it has no distortion yeah it's kind of i'm kind of jones in ultra wide like going something like a 17 mm-hmm. um with that voigtlander four five mm-hmm. that lens never would have entered my like any of any of my awareness had it not been for johnny talking about it and then when he shared a couple of shots i was like Holy shit! I needed a lens. I need a yeah. lens. Yeah, I need. I need. I need a fifteen. Forget the point. That guy is <laughs> bad for gas, dude. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. I have so many saved, so many saved searches because of him. <laughs> Too funny. He, he is a pretty good source. He has this amazing like encyclopedic knowledge too. Like it's just like he, because he can. He speaks not just to like technical specs, but how they how they work in use Mm -hmm. you know practically speaking and so like it's yeah he's he's never led me awry no he he's 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 pretty good and and i like i like listening to him too because he has these refreshingly strong opinions he's not wishy-washy he's like that sucks that just sucks (laughs) (laughs) like i don't care if eight thousand photographers like that thing sucks and then, and the, but he does it in a, like a really fun way, right? It doesn't come across negative. It's it's hilarious. All right, guys. I think uh, yeah. Well, not just guys. Um, it feels <laughs> like we're we're oh. ready to wrap this up. Um, and Jason, I you missed it. it, it it'll be it'll be announced. But I'm I'm hoping you guys um, jump on the the upcoming 2468 project. Uh, I had to take it out of our last podcast because, uh, you know, we I, I did a podcast with um, Viewfinder, uh, Viewfinder Vikings, and we we announced that project and oh, all nice. the details over there. And I didn't want to I didn't want to steal the thunder from their podcast with ours. So, um, but that's coming. So I'm, I'm hoping everybody oh, gets cool. in on that. Ian Ian's co-hosting that with Sveen, right? Yeah, yep. Sven and Ian, and um, yeah, it was super fun to chat with them about it. We actually, we actually came up with a couple of ideas for this next project, which is, which I think is going to be kind of exciting, like for alternatives about what we can do. You know, like try to just so we don't exactly just reproduce the twenty two thirty eight with just another film. I think there's some fun ideas for different ways we that folks can approach this project and, and different uses. And then I'm still, you know, when it actually launches, which will be soon, um, that we get some ideas for maybe a difference in the final product. And, and I don't, I don't know what that is. So if everyone puts their thinking cap on or whatever, we, we can come up with something interesting, but I, I think we're Super cool. yeah, waiting for the, the zine to come in for the 2238 project. And then as soon as that's in everyone's hands, we'll, we'll, get ready for the next project dig it well yeah go well, on board uh, i'm, I'm super excited heck yeah i'm on board too and and iso point two people iso uh, point two <laughs> this one has sprockets right no this is sprocketless film and iso point two okay oh, so this is this is the red film right yep it's the red okay. film so you're gonna get a positive image you're basically gonna get. A, you're gonna be shooting black and white slide film. Okay, that's cool. Yay. Yeah, it's 
it's pretty cool. And, and our early testing was a little bit like, oh, shoot, you know, it's cool, but not stellar. And then some, yeah. some, some, no pun intended, some recent developments have led to like, okay, now that is going to be cool. Right? Like, like once, once we share that information and people start producing it, those things, I, I actually think it's going to be really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Is that the one was is that film there's there's the red and the yellow, right? Yep. Yep. There's red and yellow. And I think and the, the yellow produces a, a standard negative and it's the red that does a, a a positive. I believe that's correct. Yeah, I think it's exactly that way. One maintains <coughs> polarity and the other reverses polarity. Is it, that's kind of how Kodak puts it in their tech sheet, you know, like Right, like with standard processing, this one maintains polarity. With standard processing, this one reverses polarity. So you have more, I guess, options for what you're doing. My my brain breaks when I try to think about how that's possible with normal black and white development. Like that's some that's some like sorcery. <laughs> well, there there was a guy on the, one of the Facebook groups when I post posted an image a few months back, like one of my test shots who. Who spent an inordinate weird amount of time personally messaging me and telling me how I clearly was wrong and that's not what I was happening. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, does it work like this? I'm like, you're like, shit, man, I got the images right here. I know what I did. <laughs> yeah. And then he would, he would, in addition to the thread, he would like personally message me. And I just, eventually I was like, bro, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I did this in D76, believe it or not, right? Like, like, just don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, the, I, you know, it's kind of like whenever you're going to have a conspiracy theory, think long and hard about what. How do I benefit from pulling the wool over your eyes for a film that I'm going to give you for free? <laughs> like, like if I was going to sell it to you, there could be a motive, but I'm just going to give you this shit for free. Um, I guess I could just take a lot of joy out of deceiving people. You're all going to get a blue film. That that doesn't even work. <laughs> I've just tricked you with my online post. Uh, we're gonna see. <laughs> yeah, I never. I don't. I my understanding of the chemistry is at such a basic level that I'm like, I don't know how it's possible, but it does it. Yeah, I, and I don't. I certainly I don't pretend to either. And I I read the Kodak spec sheet a bunch of times, and I'm still like, eh. <laughs> it doesn't really tell me anything. It just tells me a bunch of shit that I'm like, I don't really understand. And then I developed it and it worked. And I was like, good. Okay. All right. So, uh, Betsy, where can people find your work? Um, is it Facebook and Instagram? Um, Facebook. It, I have Betsy Carl Photography. And my Instagram uh I allowed a then 16-year-old to create it, so it is the dot BKP. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> I love it. Carl Photography. Uh, like, I'm like, Nathan? <laughs> what happens when you have no knowledge of Instagram and you throw your phone at your kid and say, make me an Instagram? Uh, yep, you get awesomeness. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I did something in, over ten years ago similar. I gave my you remember when the Dell had the Dell DJ, which was like the competitor to the iPod. 
and I, I gave it to my son and I was pretty much like, hey, put some music on here, you know, because I'm like, I, I know what I listen to, but I'm curious what you listen to and I need new music. And then I remember one day I was like listening to some stuff and I was like, dude, I have no idea who this Kane West guy is, but he's pretty cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, teenagers, the looks could kill. Yeah. <laughs> I have a newfound appreciation of murder rap because of him. <laughs> and what what fits that genre? Because I may not know it by that name, but I may know some of the artists. Um, Migo is one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, I would have to look and see who the artist is, but uh, some of the songs are Ice Cream Truck and Goonies. And yeah, it, it's murder rap. It, it's pretty violent <laughs> murder rap. <laughs> but hmm. um, it, are they are they the ones that mumble? Oh no, they're not mumbling. Trust me. Okay. Now, and there's things on there like I have like I have a speaker on my road bike um, when I'm pedaling, so I have you now I listen to tunes while I ride, and like. I'm like, no, you gotta clean this up. There's things that, like, I cannot, like, hit the volume button while I'm biking fast <laughs> enough. I cannot, like, me, like, this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you just happen to be pedaling by a church at the perfect moment? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too good. It's too good. So, and the sad thing is, he doesn't even like that kind of music. He just did it because he thought it was being funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like, I started my mom on this stuff, and I wish I hadn't. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. That's good stuff. Okay, uh, so Jason uh-huh. and and Ed, you guys want to, we don't, I feel like we don't normally do the socials, but I don't know if you guys wanted to put, put anything out there for, for folks to find you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Green Matter Photo, um, and on my website and on Etsy, same Green Matter Photography.com for the website. Green Matter Photos for the Etsy shop where it sells some prints. And usually uh, uh, now that the uh, negative positive group. Um, yeah, yeah. So at Edward Conde underscore on Instagram, and then you can catch me also on my on the other podcast, uh, Granny Days podcast, uh, which we just dropped an episode. So, oh, good. Uh, and also on the Negative Positive Facebook group. Yes, that's perfect. And, and Jason, I hope you, uh, I hope you toss that handover photo up on your Etsy store so I can buy a copy. I like that thing. It looks cool. Oh, you got it, Ben. I'll put it up there. Nice. I just looked at that and I was like, uh, you know, it it reminds me of what's that town in Jersey um, that uh, what was his name was it George Tice shot all those like amazing photos of. Oh gosh, um, let me think, George Tice. It was George Tice, right? Like. like uh, oh, did all the the gas station stuff. Yeah, I'm like, maybe it's not maybe it's not him. I, 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 there's like a town that begins with a P in Jersey. 
There's a lot of towns that begin with. There's them. a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, soft, uh, but this, this one I mean, like, it's like a pretty famous, like, it was like maybe pretty rough and dodgy back in the day. Yeah. Uh, um, um, Patterson? Patterson. And it, it's, the, it's the photographer who shot all the stuff from Patterson. Um, oh, Patterson, right. Yeah, yeah. Patterson is, there are some, uh, Patterson is not far from New York City. And there's mm-hmm. some really, really cool places that I've been needing to go uh, to go shoot there, like the Patterson Waterfalls and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Patterson as a whole, the city. Oh, I'd rather spend the day downtown North. Patterson is is, is bad. It, like it, it's it, it hazardous to your health. Yeah, it's it. I I went the last time I was in New York. I met up with a photographer I've known for a few years, and we went over. We shot that waterfall, and then we walked around for maybe a couple hours and shot some stuff by the old ammunition. Um, manufacturing plant and stuff and it was a it was an interesting town for sure yep yep i mean it some some areas of it like um i, I was sort of mugged there once for work <laughs> so oh. patterson is mm. the person was not successful mm-hmm. um but it was um i, I don't care for patterson <laughs> yeah 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 a little rough and tumble. Yeah. But the, the photos that I maybe it was George Tice did it, there. Tice, I'm, I'm looking at his stuff now and they're they're amazing. Yeah. They're absolutely yeah, he did. The one that I think of with George Tice, it was actually in New Jersey at a gas station and the water tower is behind it. Mm-hmm. It was um long exposure, so just really glowing lights falling off the bottom of the um, you know, from underneath the gas station lights onto the car um, and the water towers in the in the background. Well, very cool. I was looking for it while you were describing it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's some cool stuff. But, you know, I, and for whatever reason, when I saw, when I saw that hand, Hanover photo, um, it just reminded me of the Patterson work that I'd seen from Tice. And I was like, oh, that's a... Just a cool shot. Yeah, that the story behind that that theater is it's been I mean, it's been boarded up and, you know, slowly crumbling for decades. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it um, and, and part of it is it requires so much rehab work that nobody's just nobody's been willing to come forward and foot the bill. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's that's. That's the sin of it. Yeah. I, I think the, the last I heard it was somewhere like between 25 and $30 million yeah. to do cool. anything. With it. So it's, it's sitting in, and it's this beautiful building. Um, you know, it's slowly crumbling. That could be community theater, could be music venue, could be, um, you know, kind of like vaudeville kind of stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it had so much potential. But it, it re- just requires so much work to bring up to code. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that parts of the roof are caving in. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer when when you see. I don't know if you guys remember the movie The Player. Um, 
that has that like nine minute opening single shot scene or something crazy like that. There's a famous theater out here called the Rialto and that they shot that scene in that theater. And it's, it's exactly what you're describing. It's been basically empty and abandoned for close to a decade now. And it's, it's just cause they're never going to have the money to fix it and make it a viable theater it, again. And eventually it's just going to be tore down for like a McDonald's or something. Probably, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a there is a lot of um, you know kind of community. There's a lot of community rancor to do have people do something with it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a lot of they should they should they should waiting for somebody else to do right and it continues to sit. I'd love to see something happen with it. the likelihood that, that, that anything viable is going to come up there is unlikely. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it also, in a sad way, it makes for awesome photography. The way, the way it looks yeah. right now, too. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of stuff like that here in this area of, um, you know, old uh, old advertising. You know, the kind of um, advertising that was just painted on the side of buildings. Yeah, that stuff's beautiful. Uh, um, you know the uh, the you know red pouch tobacco and, and and a barn in the middle of a field like there's there's still some examples of that around here which is pretty amazing. That is that's I love those old barns. I, I feel like those are a Pennsylvania thing. The old uh, tobacco barns. Uh, George Tice photo. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we sent you down a rabbit hole. I love it. Cool thing because some of the images were um i grew up in somerset county in a little town called north plainfield and some of his shots or some of his photos were taken in the town next um over plainfield so it's kind of like taking me back home oh very cool yeah that's super cool things are still standing it'd be cool back it'd be cool to go back yeah he uh, take some photos yeah, I'm pretty sure George Tice is still living, and he's, you know, like, his entire body of work is the state of New Jersey. Which is so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I only know his Patterson stuff because I was there, and the guy I went with, you know, was like, hey, you should look up his work after ha- having been here. And then I bought, I think, his Patterson 1 and Patterson 2 books. Um but I don't know much of his other stuff. So I, I, I think the guy need to look into it too, because it's really cool. Oh, super, uh, super, super cool. All right, everyone. Um, All right. It was, it was great chatting. And, um, and, and Betsy, we, we, what we could do is um, I can edit this down and send it out. And I know you said you were nervous about coming on, although you did not sound even remotely nervous at oh, any point you have, during this. You have no idea. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to say this. I really not at all. Having been included in the create project, um, I loved every minute of it. I cannot wait to get these people. You have no idea what an honor I think it is to have been included. Oh, it's, it's, it really works the opposite way it was really awesome to have all of you join it and, and participate you know what i mean because i feel like that's like the 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 this project was only as successful as it was because of the participation of, of 
of everyone on the call, right, or, or this this podcast today, and then the folks we're going to meet with, because everyone brought something really interesting and really fun to the project, and and the the back and forth conversations were great to watch, and the, there was a certain level of enthusiasm that I don't think I had anticipated, like one way or the other, because um, you know I I think we I've been involved in projects that just didn't have that level of engagement and, and enthusiasm, and this one carried, and so thank you guys for doing that because it was really the group overall that did that. Well, it, it was so much fun. Um, you, you know, all of you, like, you all have no idea how inspiring you are. And that, it, you know, for someone like me, as I said, I've only, I haven't been shooting film that long, comparatively speaking to the rest of you. And you all just drive me to keep trying to improve. And you're all generous with your knowledge. And I, I really do appreciate that as a whole. Oh, that's 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 huh. great to hear. Huh. Super cool. Thanks for that, Betsy. Thank you. So, um, thank you for having me on. I didn't sound too much of a of a nerd or a geek. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. I was well, so you're scared. Jason kept posting these these questions on the negative <laughs> positive Facebook group of these off the wall topics last week and you know i think michael saying i'm never going to survive this experience <laughs> we're we're going to get an email this week that's like listen can you guys just turn this podcast over to betsy and have it be her podcast so we don't have to listen to you guys anymore <laughs> be super fun all right thanks everyone have all right thanks have a good night And that's a wrap for this week. You can see Betsy's work in the Ultra Low ISO Club Facebook group or on our Instagram feed at ultra.low.iso.club. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode or have questions and comments, please feel free to reach us at the Ultra Low ISO Club Facebook group or ultralowisoclub at gmail.com. And once again, we'd like to thank Dwayne Crowder for allowing us to use his song, Misconceptions, as our bumper music. Until next week, folks. And if you're still here, pre-show chatter will begin now. Exactly. Hit those little buttons and then find the start record button. All right. Oh, I, I am to avoid legal snags by telling you guys that you're being recorded. Um, Ed, Ed has not been doing that, so we're going to have to get Wendy on here and see what laws Ed has broken. He's several. Yeah, but yes. surreptitiously recording us. We didn't even know. <laughs> Wait, I think I did say, I, I think I have said that I was recording. <laughs> but if you said it before the recording, did you really say oh, it? That's true. <laughs> that's too classic. Yeah, Jason, that um, that Bronica that that lens that's on there is like like a pancake lens or something on there. Uh, wait, which which Bronica are you talking about? Because I have two. I have the six four five and the six six. Wait, I you have like rangefinder six four five, or is it? Uh... No, it's um, it's a modular, so it's oh. like the um, like the Mamiya Pentax. Yeah, I I think it's the modular one I'm thinking of because it looks like super.
the lens on there looks super compact. It is pretty compact, and the front element is recessed way inside. Um, it actually, like, the lens almost reminds me of the lens that was on the um, Fujika 645. The GS. Yeah. Oh, the GS. Okay. You know, I need to bust out my GA645 again, because it's been a while. Uh-oh. It's going to get new gas this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it, the, the new gas is going to come out of my little bin of cameras that I have. I do have that Fuji GA645. Dude, the, the I already have it camera gas is the most rewarding, because, like, I have that Nikon, that AF600 for four years in my closet and it wasn't until you started like posting all those photos and I spent all the time on eBay looking for one <laughs> that I opened up my closet and I'm like shit I already own one of these this is so silly it's like but it, it's the Bartosic local eBay it, it really was yeah. and it's also embarrassing when you're like Oh my god, I already own this thing that I've been lusting after and wasting hours of my life on eBay looking for and it's in my closet the whole time. That's when you know you have like you just you know your your life That's is kind of you know silly. it's time to thin the herd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just send them all my I'm I'm getting ready to I, I, I need to do that massive uh, that massive purge off so I can buy a digital camera. Don't tell anyone. Yay! <laughs> hey, which one are you? Are you going um, XE3 or the X Pro Two? Well, I man, that Ed sent me that link for that X Pro Two that uh, Sammy's camera out here is selling on eBay, and it's you know it's like two hundred bucks more than an XE3, basically. Yeah. Well, right now it's three hundred more just because the XE3 is at five ninety nine. Yeah. 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 But, but, but still, it, it's it, like. But still, it's two hundred dollars more. But yeah, I mean, look at all the extras you get out of it. it. You know, the extra that I get that I hate to admit is I just, I get nothing that's valuable except for it's what I want. Yeah. Well, that's value right there. I know, but I, you know, I hate it when you're when you have to acknowledge that you're not making a rational decision, and it's yeah. purely <laughs> emotional. That I'm like, no, I just want the X Pro. I don't most care of if my the sensor is yeah. the same. Yeah, most of my purchases are purely emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it means I can't tell my girl, I can't talk to Perez about it. <laughs> I can't justify it to another human being. <laughs> Only to but us. honey. Yeah. I just want it. I need I, it. Exactly. I need it for nothing. Do you mean to say that, like, you don't sit there and obsess over every detail? No. Like, no. When I, when, I bought, when I bought my digital camera, I tortured everyone around me for three months. Oh. This one or that one. This one or that one. And, uh, I had the running list of pros and cons. Yeah. I, I think they were all happy when I finally made up my mind and brought it home. Because yeah. they were like, oh, then she's going to shut up about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. By that time, you already <laughs> killed them with tech specs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm not a text, and I'm not a techie person at all. Yeah. Yeah, Every, go, you know, that is such I a, a that has books. to be a digital camera thing. 
I don't, I don't see the same level of spec obsession when it comes to film bodies. I agree. Hmm. Well, I think for me, I think film, back film in the, bodies I are. Think, a- yeah, but I think back in the day they did go over it because that was the only choice. Right now, you can't really compare tech specs from a film camera to a digital camera. The digital camera will always be better. We'll have more, right? Obviously. Yeah. But, but it's like it's like somebody who who selects, uh, like uh, Mac. Mac just got a FM3A. To him, that's his holy grail Nikon. But before that, it was the FE2. But there's the features of the FM3A of not being able being able to shoot without a battery, and some of these other little things that, I mean, I I would never have known that unless somebody told me when I got my FM3A. I just got it because I knew that that's going to be a money maker if I ever want to sell it. <laughs> you, turn it you actually have to sell it, however. I do. There's so many things I have to sell. Uh, and I like the, the Jason. Oh, I think that only happens in digital realm. And I'm over here like, wait, how many Canon rangefinders do you own and why? Exactly. <laughs> I just love Canon rangefinders. Like, it's got, it's nothing of, it's nothing of, listen, at the, yes, you can have the discussion about EBL, right? Yeah. And if you're shooting long lenses wide open, which I don't do. So any discussion about EBL is completely moot to me. I they they're they're just different shooting experiences. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I just like busting at you because you got like, oh, like five of those things now. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, eight. five or so. One, two, three, four, four cannons, five cannons with the QL. <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice. Yeah, and every single one of them gets used. See, that's a good collection. I completely but, approve all those purchases. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with friends like you, who needs enemies? We're all poor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Betsy, are you are you a collector uh, as, as much as the three of us are? From the sounds of it, um, I don't think not to the extent, but. The three of you have all been shooting film a lot longer than I have. So give me time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I admit to having, I like anything with the Raleigh name on it. So like, you know, I have a Raleigh, I have a Raleigh, I have a Raleigh cord. I have a Raleigh 35. Um, I kind of had to like shut it down because, you know, the husband was like starting to roll his eyes at me. I'll wait till maybe mm-hmm. the college and then I'll start again. Yeah, but it, that sounds like a, I mean a, a pretty amazing collection of like, like you don't almost need too much more with that assortment, right? Oh, and I have a baby Raleigh, a baby Raleigh flex. So, so what is the baby? Is that is that like the Yashica one? Yes, yeah, it's it, it, it shoots one. It shoots one twenty-seven film. It is the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, and I've kind of been really, really fortunate with my film cameras. Um, with my first Raleigh Flex, I have a Raleigh Flex uh, three five automatic, 
And I got it because I decided I wanted to shoot film. I started looking into Raleigh's. I joined a Facebook group about Raleigh Flexes. And this guy over the bridge in um, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, reached out to me and he said, I hope you don't mind. I kind of um, stalked or booked your photography page. I have my father's Rolleiflex that he bought when he was in the service in Germany in 1954. He is now deceased. I do not want to sell it on eBay. I do not want to sell it to someone who is going to part it out. I have this mint condition Rolleiflex with the original case, with the full set of filters and two Rollinars that he practically gave me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like it, it was so dirt cheap. And then someone um, nearby, I live in Southern New Jersey. He had put up that he had a Rolla cord for sale and we kind of went back and forth and I just kept telling him it was in such rough shape. I got it for a hundred dollars. crap! it doesn't look great, but it shoots beautifully. My Raleigh Mini, someone was selling it on Facebook Marketplace and they didn't know what they had. And I pointed out to them that, you know, it takes 127 film. It's really just going to be a shelf queen. So I got it for like for next to nothing. I've been really fortunate. You don't even want to hear about how I got my Leica M. Oh, I, 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 re- I remember that story. <laughs> yes. A Facebook, I remember that story in the Facebook a, group. A Facebook friend who I had never met. The first time my husband and I met him and his wife, he gave me his father's M3. That is so freaking amazing. So I kind of view it like it's my job to make sure that these cameras are loved and used and well cared for. Back down. That's awesome. <laughs> that, 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 I'm like, I'm just over here like, man. <laughs> what I do is somebody gave me an M3. <laughs> um, I cried. I'll be honest, I cried. Yeah. And what's really nice is every time I put up photos that I've taken, taken with it, he just loves it. And uh, awesome. the sad thing is he told me if I ever want a Leica R8, he has four brand new ones sitting in their original boxes. Holy crap. His his father was was a very famous um, brain surgeon. And his father didn't believe, you know, his his, bo- his father believed one is not. So he had multiples. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are four of us here. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you have the connection. <laughs> That's really perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good timing. Ed. That, that was really funny. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was well, serious. Four of us here. <laughs> I'll let him know. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, out of my press range anyway. They they actually look like cool cameras. I don't. I haven't really seen because that's is, is that what that what uh, Mike Gutterman has? Is it a R seven or R eight or is yeah. it the R four? I think it's the R four. Okay. Oh, it would be so nice to just hold an R eight in my hand and be like, "Look what I got, Gutterman." 
yeah, they they look they look like they look bulky, but like really interesting cameras. And yeah. I'm assuming the lenses are they're it's essentially Minolta, right? Pretty much. Well, I think so, but I believe the R8 was rolled out like uh, after their partnership with Minolta. Like there mm. was a. It was. It, it's all Leica versus mm. made Minolta. Yeah, but could be wrong. Yeah, no, I, I don't actually know that much, and that, it's funny because Minolta is the one system that I'm personally, I know very little about it. I just got my first SRT 101 a couple weeks ago from a thrift store, and outside of like a couple of the faux rangefinders that I've picked up over the years, I just I know nothing about Minolta, but. Every now and then I see some work and it just seems like the glass is pretty amazing in that system in general. Yeah. So here I'll give you this little tidbit. I was listening to um, the Classic Lenses podcast, their newest episode. Mm -hmm. And Perry G was talking about his um, Leica CL. So that was the one that they did in Leica Design, Minolta um, Manufactured that the I think it's the Minolta the 50 millimeter Octon 1.4 that regularly sells for a quarter to half of the price of the Supercron 50 and it's they're identical in every way oh wow now now is that a uh, even looked at the even What's that? Is it like a, a, a like a M mount, like a bayonet mount? Yeah, it's the M mount. So it would have been for the CL. Wow. So it's it's identical in every way, even down to the coatings, the the finish. He said, if there's ever a, a a way to see, you know, the Leica Premium in action, you set those two lenses side by side. Wow. That's that's pretty. Now I want to go look for a Minolta lens so I can buy it and then have to go find a body I don't have either. <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> the SRT 101 is a solid as, uh, SLR. That's the um, that was the body that W Eugene Smith shot. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah. So when the when the new Depp movie rolls out, when that finally hits, expect the prices for SRTs to, to jump. So I could just sit on this bad boy and sell it. That's perfect. <laughs> At least that's the lie I'll tell myself between now and then. Man, that yeah. Rokart glass is great. Yeah, I mean, I'm checking it out right now. This this one that I picked up, it was like twenty bucks or something with a cup with a couple lenses and a flash. But um, it 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 needs a little bit of cleaning. I I would almost be hesitant to uh, to run more than a roll of film through it without getting a CLA on it. You know, looks like it's sat for a while, but I mean, it looks to be in really good condition except yeah. for that. It, you know, it looks like it has sat for a bit, so I hate to ruin it, but yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> sweet body. There's a guy in the yeah. Midwest that, uh, Neil sent his, was it SRT 202 to that he bought recently. And I think the CLA that he did on it was under 50 bucks. 
Oh, maybe I'll have to hit up Neil and ask him for that info because that would – I really – looking at it, I really do think it it would be worth it, at least to have somebody review it and say, you know, whether they thought it needed to go through that or not because the, the 50 millimeter lens on it looks amazing. I mean, it looks beautiful. Is it the, what, the Rokar 1.7, I think, was the 50 on that one? I think – let's see here. I think this is – yeah, it's the it's the Rokor uh, hyphen PF one seven, and it's like a it's a fifty five millimeter. Okay. Yeah, that should be nice. My I, I have I the uh, Rokor the Rokor one seven for my Minolta, and then I also got that forty five f two. That's a pancake lens, man. That's a real nice, real tiny. Pancake lenses are so freaking sweet. They are. But then I just got that new Takamar 35mm that I'm going to put onto the Minolta as well. So, And I'm guessing nope. that's not a pancake lens. No, but it's, it's actually just, I think it's a little bit smaller than the 55 that you're letting me borrow. Okay. Yeah, because I yeah. feel like most of the ones I've come across, they're, they're pretty beefy, the Takamar. Yeah. But I, I, love, the, I love the look of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And I forgot, do you have the one of mine that's basically like it has a built-in yellow filter because of the the radiation damage or whatever? Yeah, that's the 5518. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one and then that's the that's the one that I shot the Rambler with. Oh, cool. You know? Yeah. So, it's like the built-in yellow filter, but I did put it under uh, UV lighting. It's okay. To, oh, to clean to, it up. Yeah. Yeah. To clean up the jaundice. Dude, it was. <laughs> I swear, I, I when I shot it the most recent time that I shot that lens, it was like a stop off from my other lenses that didn't have the the filtration. It was. It was. I was like, damn, this thing's pretty dark. Isn't it? Was it's a thorium glass, right? There, there was the the radioactive stuff. I, I'll be honest, I don't know, but maybe. It came out. Yeah, I think so. It, it has, it has something. I, they were talking about it on the classic lenses, but I, you know, once they start going crazy on that stuff, I kind of zone out. <laughs> yeah. Or I pay attention to traffic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. So uh, today, I'm going to try to let me know what you guys think about this. I'm going to try to monitor our like our time in the segments and keep them to about say 20 to 25 minutes um i don't know how you guys feel about the podcast like if if an hour and a half or two hours is so far i think all of them have been close to two hours if that's like a little bit too long or if we just whatever i mean any sense of that for you guys Yeah, I think, I think whatever. if we can get close, get close to two, that's, I think that should be enough. Yeah, yeah I, well, so. I, I was wondering even if like an hour 15 or an hour and a half might be a healthier goal or yeah, you know, it's, it's tough because when you're when you're on the inside, I have so much fun re-listening that I'm like, whatever, it doesn't seem like it lasts that long. But then I look <laughs> down and I'm like, shit, that's two hours. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Well. So, so I, I guess I'll just try to be mindful of it today, and then um, we can, you know, just I, I figure we're kind of fleshing this thing out as as we do them and move forward. 
What, what, what do you think, Betsy? Is two hours too long for a podcast? I, I just listen. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I, how does this sound? I think it depends upon content. Mm. Yeah. You know, if, if it's a good, interesting conversation, personally, I would tend to say, let's shoot for an hour and whatever with the knowledge it could go over. But if you're looking to fill two hours, are you going to be stretching yourself? And, you know, it won't be wonderful. That's a good point. Although I think Jason and I could probably wax poetic about rangefinders for four days. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, yeah, I, just, I know. get the uh, M2 in the mail. Sure they can. <laughs> so, uh-oh. Uh oh! Do we do we, we, we punctuate that we we punctuate that discussion every fifteen minutes with a extended yawn from Ed? Yeah, exactly. I I, I will say right before we jump into the first section that uh, Dustin Nickerson sent us his uh, his M two, and you know I got to spend a little bit of time with it today checking it out. It's 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 kind of intense having it right because it's it feels like such a valuable camera that I don't feel like free to run around and do what i would normally i don't want to treat it the way i would treat my cameras because it's not mine because <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah it's i can understand the allure and the love of the build quality of that thing it's it's pretty great in the hand it, and the the shutter is i mean even compared to the bessa the shutter is so damn quiet it's insane mm-hmm. it's quieter than the bessas yeah, the 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 Bessa. That's actually the only complaint I have about the Bessa R is the shutter is a little more noticeable than I think it should be for the particular style of camera that it is. Mm-hmm. And that that like it's just it's it's not the it, it it has a sound. It's not as quiet as I thought it would be either. But it is it is quieter. But the only. The, the only thing I'm super glad that Dustin sent this for us to sort of test out because, you know, I lost it after one of these forever. And the, the deal breaker for me is the bottom loading. For some reason, I didn't realize it was a bottom load camera. Oh. And, and so now I'm like, you were getting on with that. I, I, I mean, I'm like, you know, maybe in a week of shooting it, something will change my mind. But right now I'm like, no, this is fun. I'm, it's cool to shoot it, but I would never want to own because I just, it's not, it's just a pain in the ass to load. Everything about that's a pain in the ass. It looks like a pain in the butt to load. Yeah. It's a bar stool load. You're supposed to go and sit in a bar, load it at the bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But wait, do you like a shooters actually go to bars or do they go to libraries? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm a like a shooter. I don't go to a bar. I mean, I don't go to a library. So. They go to Leica bars, dude. They go to Leica bars. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's well, really they don't, funny. Yeah. Well, actually, Leica shooters don't allow me to hang out with them because of my Leica. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the story about that one, Betsy? No. Ed's, um, Ed's, Ed's Leica um, Instax. You I have like a... I would like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
Thank you. <laughs> it is pretty cool. But it was after two or three episodes of Ed kind of dissing on Leica before he finally came clean that he actually owns a owns a Leica. That's true. What is your dislike of Leica? They're too expensive. They're out of my price range, and I think I think there's just they're just for me. There's I I don't see I I don't see what people see in it. I think people see it. It's like for me, it's like people who drive Mercedes Benzes and really these high class cars, and you know, and there's really there's there's. I can, I get the same function out, out of say a Toyota or something else, right? So for me is I get the same function out of a Nikon or a Minolta or whatever versus a Leica. But I think people put Leica in the pedestal. Maybe is for the shooters, like the masters who shot Leica, and so therefore they need to shoot Leica because they believe, you know, not everybody. Some people may believe that my images are going to be better because I shot it on Leica, and I think it's just just that whole thing. I think it's more of a fashion. It's a fashion statement to me. I think a lot of Leica shooters are a fashion statement. Uh, I, I, sorry for the noise. I'm feeding my cats. <laughs> Kids are fed already. <laughs> Don't worry, Barb's going to bark in a second. I know. Where is she? <laughs> That's too good. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I want to. I want to amplify the sound of that cat. <laughs> when I, <laughs> I know they just see me and they want to eat. All right, let me let me go back. Uh, let me put myself on mute before they get crazy when they see this food. <laughs> <laughs> That's too awesome. All right. All right. Well, I think well, while we have Ed on mute. Um, you guys want to jump into the first segment of this podcast? And this is essentially where where I think the way I'm editing these together now, this will probably be really the start of the podcast. And I'm going to I might keep adding this the pre chat stuff sort of at the end for people who want to stick it out. Um, that, that way they can get right into to, to Betsy and, and oh, like God. that information. Yeah. It's like um, they're, they're like the after scenes in Marvel movies. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually, I I always love that stuff. Um, Same, you know. So, um, so so Betsy, I I think I sent, and I'm sorry, I sent that thing so late. That really is was just to give you that. Like, it's l- quite a right. It's quite yeah, a right. A little something to think about. 